How's it going everyone? Uh, today I'm going to speak a bit about um, farming subsidies and where they go or who they go to. Um, in the last podcast I, I kind of spoke broadly about uh, what farming subsidies are in the EU um, and it, it was a very sort of broad idea but if you want to go back and listen to that or watch that go you know go for it it'll give you a good basis um, for you know um, the farming subsidies in general. Um, today all I'm going to speak about is where they go and I just think there is a, a big misconception for the general public about who actually gets them and it, this kind of thing I think should be common knowledge but people just don't know um, it's almost like it's shrouded in mystery and even looking into it it, it is quite difficult to dig down and find out who gets what um, but I've come across a really good website that outlines a lot of a lot of that and it's um, pretty crazy it, it's actually pretty you know it gets me quite angry just reading it so the first thing I want to talk about is this little website um, it's called revealed how or article should I say uh, how we pay our richest landowners millions in subsidies. Now, this is written in 2012, so it's quite a you know relatively old article, and it speaks a bit about, or mainly about farming subsidies in the UK. And to me, this is just the sort of just scratching the surface because it goes a lot more sort of crazy in terms of how much money people actually get. So it talks about some of the richest landowners in the UK receiving. Um, receiving these subsidies and something I found quite interesting it says the average British household contributes 245 pounds a year to cap cap stands for the common agricultural policy most of which a new statesman which is this uh, website investigation has found is handed to the wealthiest landowners so uh, let's see originally established within the with the intention of supporting small farmers re and reducing Europe's reliance on food imports the cap, which accounts for 43%, so 55 billion euros, of the EU budget has become a slush, for, a slush fund for assorted dukes, earls and princes. Now, so that basically right there tells you a bit about what these farming subsidies are. Um, I'm just going to carry on going down. I'm not going to read the whole thing. If you guys want to go read this article, you know, go for it. Um, it's on a new statement, new newstatement.com I'll, I'll leave the link in in the podcast notes um, so in 2011 it gives a list of, of where a lot of money went to so 730,000 pounds went to the Queen okay because she owns a lot of land now these farming subsidies are based on the acreage uh, of land you own so how much you have not what you do with it not if you're farming so you can literally have a massive piece of land not do anything with it and receive farming subsidy that's crazy and that's why a lot of wealthy landowners receive these subsidies because they just own loads of land they don't necessarily have to farm it um, another one Prince Banda of Saudi Arabia so this person isn't even English or not that that's a problem they, they don't even live in the in the UK they just own land here anyone can own land here for whatever reason but they they, they how do they contribute to our society they receive 273,000 pounds now that's you know by no means large on the grand scheme of things but that's a lot of money imagine that going to smaller farmers that really need it um so here's another one sir richard sutton 1.68 million pounds um another one the parker family 1.5 million pounds the vesti family 1.069 million pounds 
Duke of Westminster, £748,000. Do these people actually farm? Like, what are they doing with that money? Why do they need to have it? They are incredibly wealthy individuals. They've got a lot of money, um, you know, from their families and inheritances, but they're actually getting taxpayers' money or, you know, general people's money from all over the EU um, just because they own land. Um, Again, it doesn't matter who they are. Like, for example, this guy from Saudi Arabia, this, this prince, he must have invested in buying land here for whatever reason, um, whether or not they're doing it for money or not, who knows. But it's uh, it's crazy that someone can just come along from anywhere, buy land here, and get money for it. Um, so that just gives you a basic idea of how much money is actually going to certain people. Um, I mean, these people here like Seven Trent Water. They're getting money. Eton College, okay, I mean, they, they get £3,000. It's not really that much. But Seven Trent Water, they don't farm, or at least I don't think they do. They must own a hell of a lot of land, though, to get that kind of money. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, and like I said, this just scratches the surface of how insane um, it's actually gotten. Now, again, like I said, this was written in 2012. Whether or not a lot of this has changed since then, I don't know. But even though... Uh, even even then, it just shows you how twisted the system is. Now, I found this really um, good website called farmsubsidy.openspending.org. It says here, the European Union spends around 59 billion euros a year on farm subsidies. This site tells you who receives the money. Um, you can browse by country. So what I've done is I've gone to uh, a few countries, um, the UK, Germany, Netherlands, Poland, uh, and France. You know, you can go to all of them, but to go through all of them is just going to take ages. But it just gives you, this will just give you a very basic idea of where the money's going. Now, if you are watching the YouTube video, you will be able to see what's going on on the screen and um, what kind of companies are getting the money. I'll try my best to describe um, what's happening. So basically, EU farm subsidies for the United Kingdom. Let's just start right here at home. All years. So this shows subsidies from 1999 to 2013. What this website does as well is it gives you um, a rating of transparency. And the, the way it works is it sits here. Uh, these pages list farm subsidy payments made in the United Kingdom as published directly by the government or United Kingdom or sourced via freedom of information requests. The United Kingdom is third in our transparency index, which measures how good governments are at opening up their data to general public. That's pretty good. So we got 89%, um, which I think is amazing. I think if, if you're paying money for whatever reason uh, to the government that's being used for um, social services, anything to do with... Um, public spending, we have a right to know what's going, what our money's going to. So, um, like I said, this shows all the money from 1999 to 2013, and it lists them in the uh, sort of from the top down. I was really surprised when I when I got to this, but um, you, you will see a reoccurring theme from country to country. So, the top recipient in the UK is Tate and Lyle Europe, who have received. Five hundred and ninety-four million two hundred seventy thousand and eighty-four euros. Now, if a lot of you don't know who Titan, uh, Tate and Lila, they are basically a company that manufactures sugar. Let me just double check. Maybe they do other things. Tate and Lyle. Why am I not connected to the internet? 
Okay, I'll get back to that. But what's even crazier is the second place receiver of EU farm subsidies is Tate and Lyle, 170,957,385 euros. That's a lot. So the first two places go to a company that manufactures sugar. Let me just see. Tate and Lyle. Where am I on the internet? There we go. Tate and Lyle PLC is a British-based multinational agribusiness. It had it was originally a sugar refining business, but from the 1970s began to diversify, eventually divesting its sugar business in 2012. So let's go take a look at what they do. <clears throat> well, our expertise, key areas of expertise, beverages, dairy, soups and sauces and dressings, bakery and snacks, confectionery, animal nutrition, sweeteners, texturants, fibers, food stabilizers, acidulants, industrial starches. Now, I don't know about you guys, but the last time I checked, that wasn't really food. I mean, obviously some of it's food, but it's not food that we actually necessarily need. It's not fruit and vegetables. Like, that's what I honestly thought all this money was going to. I thought farm subsidies were going to farmers who produced food, but apparently there are massive companies like Tate and Lyle who own swathes of land that are getting money for producing crap. They're not producing stuff that we need as people to actually survive. It's crazy. You know, so in these top five, let's carry on here. The third is Meadow Foods Limited. Now, did I find anything about them? Uh, no, I didn't. I think they were probably one of the only ones on this top five list that actually did something that was related to actual farming. Uh, number four, uh, wouldn't surprise you that it's a sugar company. I can't even pronounce that name, but something, something sugar limited. And the last one is Nidco Foods, which is a division of Fairfield. Now I did find something about Fairfield Foods and it looks like they predominantly deal in sort of dairy. So they've got cheeses, butter, I got some granola here um, and a few other products. I mean, they've got ice cream, things like that, but it looks like it's predominantly dairy. But again, I just, to me, I don't understand it. Like, how can people that deal in food that isn't actually a staple food, how can they get so much money? Like, we don't need to have cheese. You know, fresh fruit and vegetables are probably more important than than cheese but you know nevertheless that, that's where the money's gone so you can if you go on this website and kind of dive a bit deeper you can go view all recipients and obviously there's a lot of people that receive subsidies so here's another one Nestle UK limited everyone knows Nestle they make all sorts of stuff but not food that we necessarily need to eat uh, there's some more dairy products here's Tate and Lyle again one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So in the top ten, Tate and Lal appears three times. That's a lot of a lot of times and a lot of money they've received. So the National Trust, they obviously own a lot of land. Um, here's another one: British Sugars. I mean, this just great craft foods. Craft foods received sixteen million euros in that whole time. That's just crazy. Anyway, um, I think Kraft are originally American, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, so that's that's just the UK. Um, the next is Germany. Uh, again, so this is from 2002 to 2013. This is the years that they've got the data for, or the, the money at least. Their transparency rating is 42%. So uh, these are the top five companies. Now, unfortunately, I can't really read 
uh, or understand German. So I've um, did I find any of them? don't think I did actually find much about these websites. As far as I understood, this top one, 102 million euros, they sort of deal not so much in farming, but um, just land management. So it looked like they did um, almost like the National Trust. So they own lots of land. They try, you know, make sure nature's looked after that kind of thing. But in the top five, number four and five are two sugar companies and they are the exact same company. Um, if you want, you can go even deeper into them. If you click that name, it tells you what they got the money for. Uh, I don't really understand a lot of this stuff, but um, again, you can go take a look more into it if you want. But just, you know, keep that in mind. That's the second country we've looked at, Germany, and in the top five, uh, it was two, two sugar manufacturers. Let's just click all recipients. Well, again, I don't understand all this stuff. I don't really want to go and click through all of them. It's a bit boring. <clears throat> anyway, next one, Netherlands. So from 1997 to 2013, they have a transparency rating of 35%. That doesn't sound too good. Just bear in mind that we're the ones paying for these subsidies, basically, in a roundabout way. You know, it's all our taxpayers' money that goes to our government, who then pay to be part of the EU. So, first one, 433 million euros. A-V-B-A. Okay, let's take a look. Um, some of their products. Now, if you notice, all of these products have a TM next to them. That obviously means they're trademarked. So they're not natural products. They are products that have been designed and made for certain things. You can click some of them. Perfectisol. Let's see. Perfectisol is used predominantly in vegan vegan-based food. So popular confectionery relies heavily on its texture, yet there is an increasing demand for animal-free products. Perfectisol overcomes this challenge by delivering vegan confectionery with great taste and texture. So, 433 million euros has gone to a company that is making products so that we can have confectionery that feels and tastes better. That's just one of them. Let's see, Ilian offers technique that allows food preparation with cost-saving opportunities. Let's take a look at that one. Hmm, internet's really slow here. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay, that's just one of them. Uh, Solonic proteins are free from allergen labeling and perfectly fit a vegetarian and vegan lifestyle. So it sounds like some kind of protein substitute that is not animal-based. Uh, Atenia is an E-number free... Oh, okay, it's an E-number that's treated potato starch. Who knows? That sounds crazy. Uh, Cusacol is a thickener based on gypsum or cement. Thickeners for mineral binders based on gypsum or cement. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Solvitose is a high quality cold soluble starch which can be, which can be used in various industries. Let's see. Hmm. Technologies, I read all this stuff. I mean, this isn't even food-based. High-quality cold water soluble starches are designed to be used in various industry segments. To meet the specific demands, we use drum drying and extruder technologies. What? Wallpaper adhesive characteristics. That sounds tasty. Yes. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on, basically. I mean, Emelifax improves paper quality with potato starch. Perfecta Coat is a series of specially developed high-quality potato starch-based coating binder. Um, if you aren't watching the, the video and only listening to the podcast, it, it's got, like, sheets of paper, so I'm guessing. Let's take a look. It's got something to do with paper. Hmm... Yeah, increased paper stiffness, so you can work with increased mineral content and lower grammages, less downtime. So basically, it's got something to do with paper. Um, that is really, really scary. I mean, to, to be honest, this sounds a bit controversial, but it's almost worse than, than massive sugar companies getting getting this. What, what they are making is stuff that isn't really food-related, but they are getting EU farming subsidies. Let's see... That's just one of them. Um, I'm not going to go into the rest of them. That, that I just wanted to speak about that one because they've got almost double than the second place in the Netherlands. There's uh, Campina Malkuenengvechel. Uh, I guess that's got something to do with milk and dairy. Um, number three, Nestle, 193 million euros. That's just crazy. I mean, the, the top two companies, or two of the top five companies in the Netherlands are... You know, Nestle, we know, makes processed foods. They don't make, you know, they don't grow, you know, vegetables and fruit. They just make chocolates and all sorts of other, you know, convenient stuff. Um, and the, the, the first one are making products that aren't even actually, you know, it's more like, um, they're making additives. They're not making any food products. Um, it's just kind of getting worse and worse. The more I looked into it, the angrier I got. So... Uh, the next one is Poland, and I probably spent the most time looking into theirs just because it seemed like the top five were basically all sugar companies. Now, the transparency rating for Poland is 47%, so they're a bit better than the Netherlands. But let's take a look. They don't receive as much money in terms or, you know, in comparison to places like the Netherlands or the UK. Uh, the top company was... Uh, received 138 million euros, and... Um, I can't read that, but if you take a look uh, on the video, or I'll explain it to you, it's basically a company that manufactures sugar. Now, I'm not going to... Can I translate this page? Let's see. Yes. Okay, so, they basically make sugar. That's what they make. They just manufacture sugar. Um, the translated page didn't show me much, but there's all sorts of ones. There's sugar cubes, there's sugar sachets, there's different shaped sugar sachets, there is uh, icing sugar, there is bio sugar, whoever knows what that is, there's brown sugar, there's brown sugar in sachets, brown sugar in other shaped sachets, uh, brown sugar that's got a fancy, in a packet with a fancy nozzle to pour out, uh, more brown sugar in cubes, hmm. Some more brown sugar. Um, that's just crazy. Another company that manufactures sugar um, that's receiving a huge amount of EU farming subsidies. That was the first one. Now, the second one, Seitzaker, I don't know how to say that in Polish, but Seitzaker in Afrikaans is sugar. So here's another company, 66 million euros. Let's take a look. Oh, wait, also sugar. Um, I don't really know much, let's see, products... Oh, yeah, I did. I did try to take a look at it, but it, it basically it didn't show much of the products. It looks like they just do sugar. Um, the was it the third company? Another one. Basically, manufacture sugar bags and packets of sugar, all sorts of different kinds. You know, or here's another one, syrup, which I'm guessing is a, you know derived from the sugar that they they manufacture. Um, 
so in Poland, three the, the top three were all sugar companies um, that receive all of this money. Uh, next one is France. Um, they were also quite heavy on the sugar manufacturing. Um, transparency rating is 39%. So the top recipient is uh, Terios, 355 million euros. If we go take a look at Terios, um, there's something I found really interesting here. So their business areas are sugar beets, sugar cane, and cereals. Um, where is it? Let's take a look. Is it there? Ah, yes, here we go. Uh, through 49 industrial sites in 16 countries and the commitment of its 23,000 employees, Terios supports its customers close to their markets with a broad and complementary range of products. In 2016-17, the group achieved a turnover of 4.8 billion euros. Yet, from the periods of 2004 to 2013, they received 355 million euros in EU farming subsidies. Why do companies that big need to receive subsidies? And again, it comes down to this whole idea or, or the flawed system of the cap that you get money based on how much land you have rather than what you are farming. Now, from what I've read, I think it might have changed slightly in 2014. They were going to be a bit more strict. But look how many years these massive companies were getting money, money for. And why did it take them so long to change the system? If it did change in 2014, um, it's something I haven't looked into, but I have read on a few art in a few articles that that the whole system was going to change. Anyway, okay, that's the first one in in uh, in Poland. Next one, Saint Louis Saker again, a sugar company. Did I find anything on them? No, I didn't. But it, I, I, there's no point in looking into it. You know, it's sugar. 287 million euros. Let me just see if I can. Hold on, I'm interested now. Oh, I did find this website. Yeah, it, it, you couldn't actually see what they made. As soon as you went and clicked into it, um, it's all just basically sugar. Sugar commodity, commodities, sugar for industrial applications. I didn't even know sugar could be used for industrial applications. Uh, retail sugar, sugar cubes. Chemical, pharmaceutical, and food industry. That's interesting. Yeah, pure cane sugar, industrial spe uh, speci specialities, molasses and thick juices, organic sugars. It's basically all just sugar. Um, it, it blew my mind, basically, that um, based from, from all the countries I've looked at, and there's only been a few, the majority of, of them are companies that are producing some form of sugar product that isn't directly related to food that we eat, that we need to eat as, uh, you know, to... to to keep living basically and what i mean is like fruit and vegetables okay and the rest of them uh, do i can't pronounce that d-o-u-x um they predominantly did poultry but it's like processed chicken so chicken nuggets all that kind of thing again this kind of food isn't food that we we should be eating um on a daily basis it's not you know we can do without it basically it's a luxury food item now I've got nothing against it but obviously eating it all the time can't be good for you it's heavily processed it's probably got a crap ton of additives in it that aren't good for you um, and eating them all the time probably won't lead to uh, being very healthy and let's take a look here that's the same company another one Crystal Union in France is um let's take a look sugar and alcohol bioethanol let's see 
I mean, I don't even know what that is. But again, it predominantly revolves around producing some kind of sugar. Um, and the last one in France, Tilly Sabco. Uh, it also looks like they basically do uh, processed chicken products. So in the top five in France, who all receive in the hundreds of millions, within, with, with the exception of Tilly Sabco, who only received 91 million, um, it was all sugar and processed food. Now, I don't know about everyone watching this, but that seems ludicrous that these massive multinational companies who are turning over billions and billions of euros every year or, you know, whatever it may be, um, are receiving so much money and they aren't, I can't say they're not really ethical, but... <laughs> Don't you think the, the the money would be better suited going to small local farmers who are producing real food for their communities? Um, maybe that's changed a bit now, um, but from what I read and spoke about in the previous episode, the way the system is set up, even some of the smaller scale farmers were practicing farming methods that weren't complementary to the environment. So for example, you know, when it comes down to the acreage, they were cutting down hedgerows and trees <clears throat> to give them more farmable land because they could get more money. Um, now again, I think that did change in 2014 from what I've read, but I'm not going to go too much into it. Um, it's, it's shocking when there's such a huge, or at least in the last couple of years, there's been such a huge fight against um, sugar. You know, it used to be years and years ago that fat was the bad thing. Oh, you know, you can't have, don't have butter, have margarine and too much fat's bad for you. And that's kind of changed. People, you know, with with more studies and, and um, people becoming more interested in health and nutrition, they've started to realize that, wait a second, you know, it's, there are some fats that are really good for you. And having avocados and good quality olive oil and all that kind of stuff isn't actually bad for you and butter is not bad for you but you know it's these things like margarine that are really bad for you and sugar being a bad culprit you know when there's things in the news um, every other day about childhood obesity in the UK and Europe increasing and all over the world you know in America um, in the UK wherever it doesn't matter um, when diabetes is becoming a huge problem and Massive companies are receiving money that we work really hard for um, to produce the very thing that our government and the news is telling us is bad for us. It's like a massive contradiction. Just like when I found um, a few companies um, or farmers that are growing tobacco and receiving farming subsidies. Now, I completely understand that you know people need to make money and if tobacco is what they need to grow in their area to work, that's great, you know, they can support themselves, they can support their local community, but the contradictory part is that there's a massive anti-smoking um, sort of campaign going on worldwide, how everyone should stop smoking, you know, which is fair enough, it's not good for you, you know, a lot of people um, know that it's not good for you and they've stopped, I used to smoke, I don't smoke anymore, but it's a massive contradiction when they are telling you, don't smoke, don't smoke, oh, by the way, we'll give some money to farmers that are growing tobacco, that's, you know, it's just crazy. It's, um, it's just mind boggling, basically. I don't know, don't really know what the answer is. Um, I've spoken to a few people on some forums online about, um, what they think should be done with the subsidies and, and I think it will be one of those subjects that you can speak about for hours and hours and hours. Um, and there'll never be one right answer. It's such a complicated system and there's so much money involved and there's, you know, how do you, 
how do you make everyone happy? You never will, basically. And again, this is going to be really interesting when uh, the UK leaves the EU, if it ever does happen. You know, there's lots of crap going on with that at the moment. But I do think it will give more control over the money that gets spent with our farmers here. Maybe they can make a better system, but I don't know. You know, there's a lot of rich people that would want to keep getting that money because, you know, who wouldn't? That's how people work, really. They want money. They want more money. They want to keep accumulating more. So... Will this change? Who knows? Um, I do think, though, the first step in trying to get any kind of change with any farming subsidy is um, is for people to, to educate themselves on what's going on in the food industry. The, 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 the first step to take in, in order to, to change um, the system, which is clearly really corrupt, is for people to educate themselves and for people to know what's going on. Like I said in the last episode, I didn't really know any of this. I didn't know any of it existed. Uh, existed, but it's um, it's scary what's going on. And you know, the truth is, it's not just going on in farming. There's a lot of corruption um, in all sorts of areas of um, government all over the world. You know, money is being passed on to people with money. Uh, the people with money are the ones that are sort of in power, and they obviously want to keep money going in their direction um it's pretty crazy but i um do think that it can change it can change on a small level you know if, if some of this money is going to people that are really passionate about farming there's lots of things going on there you know that's changing the way farming works there's people that are um coming up with great ideas that are making farming more profitable and they don't need to rely on farming subsidies but maybe putting some money towards those people, towards research, towards developing new systems of agriculture, um, will do really well. You know, there's a massive thing about climate change at the moment. What's going to happen in the next sort of five to 10 to 15 years? You know, will we still be able to grow the same vegetables in England that we do now or anywhere in the world? What's going to happen? Is it going to be, you know, more risk of flood, more like storms, exactly what's happening in America, two massive hurricanes in very short um, time periods of each other are basically have destroyed a huge part of, was it Florida, you know, the Caribbean, um, Texas, and that kind of thing is going to become more and more normal. So, you know, money from these subsidies can go into research to help, you know, find new methods to avoid problems when the weather starts changing more and more and becomes more and more erratic because if there's any huge um, issues with the supply of food there will be chaos you know like uh, people need to eat and if you can't feed your family um, you will do absolutely anything to get food to feed them if there's any disruption in that system so I don't want to speak too much about it that's about it for this episode I just wanted to highlight um, how crazy it is that so much money are going to companies that don't have from what i see any interest in producing real natural food okay so um that's it for today i just wanted to kind of highlight uh what i found on where uh, this money is going um, or where a lot of it's going you know there's no doubt that um, there are farmers out there that are doing great work that are 
um, environmentally conscious. They are, you know, trying to farm as ethically as possible. They're trying to support their families and their communities. And, you know, they're also receiving these subsidies. But it is blatantly unfair when people or companies with a lot of money and a lot of resources that aren't really doing anything that I think is massively important are receiving hundreds of millions of euros of subsidies that should be going to people that actually care about the environment, care about their communities, um, care about providing products and services and food, uh, uh, fresh fruit and vegetables and you know, uh, dairy products or any, any sort of farm product that they care about those things and they're trying to make a difference. Um, they should be getting more money, I think, not uh, people with lots of land and you know, uh, companies that are producing crap, basically. So I, I'm really interested in the subject and I wanna kind of explore it a lot more. What I wanna do is um, try find some local farmers to speak to because they will probably know a lot more about this than I do. I'm just scratching the surface, I'm just reading stuff online um, I would probably learn a hell of a lot more sitting down and speaking to a farmer and they can, you know, um, explain a lot more about the process, how they apply for getting um, the money, you know, um, any shortfalls, you know, and what they think. Um, I have no doubt that a lot of them are probably really worried about where their subsidies are going to go when we leave the EU. I'm sure, you know, the UK government will have to keep paying the subsidies because it'll cause absolute havoc. Um, so I'm going to see if I can find someone to interview and speak to about these subsidies. I might do one more episode on on them um, and just speak about, um, you know, a way forward. There must be something that can change. Um, like I said, I think the first step is education and hopefully this um, sparks some interest in some of the people that have watched or listened to this and they go out and read a bit more. Um, and you know that's how things change um, it becomes part of people's general knowledge they start knowing things and speaking about it and conversations happen and it, you know like a momentum grows and when it becomes in the forefront of your mind you know you can make changes but when all this stuff is not really part of our day-to-day -day knowledge nothing will ever change so I hope you guys enjoyed this episode um, I'm working on speaking to a local um, farming cooperative that provide uh, a CSA, which is Community Supported Agriculture, um, like a CSA box to their members. Um, you know, kind of like, what are they called? Uh, is it Riverford? And Abel and Cole? Kind of like that, but it's it's ba based here in Gloucestershire. I'm just waiting to hear back from them, um, and hopefully I will have them on the podcast soon, because I think what they're doing is quite great. Um, they've got some really, really good schemes for uh, young farmers who are interested in farming um, and it will be great to speak to them. So hopefully I will have um, an episode with them soon. I hope you guys um, enjoyed today's episode. It would be great if you could leave a comment and let me know what you think. Um, if you would like to hear about or learn about anything in particular um, in the food industry or the farming industry, let me know because um, I will do my best to, you know, do episodes on that. I'm making these not just for myself, but for everyone else that's watching and listening. I really want to, you know, help spread the word about farming. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll keep making these podcasts um, into the winter as uh, 
like I mentioned before, the weather in the UK is not that great in winter. It's not that great to farm out or be outside in the garden. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, please subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't already. And um, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud if you want SoundCloud if you want to keep watching these and listening to them. I will see you guys next time. Thank you very much. Have a good week. Thank you.